Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. apartment that you clearly cannot afford being a mailroom clerk and even though I left my boyfriend in the big city just to come back here to my hometown and milk cows you better sit me on the couch because you know what happens next we about to watch a rom-com I don't need no wine and dine I want something high class like spending my nights at home romance in the podcast take a deeper dive into tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Something Something Borrowed. Borrowed. Now, Mikey, this movie was objectively terrible. So why did you make us watch it? Because it is objectively terrible. That's fair. (laughs) Okay. All right. That makes because sense. people <laughs> people loved this movie when it came out. Why? I understand. Because it, it's like all these terrible people. I don't know. It's I don't know. I feel like this movie goes across a Rubicon where like there's no good guys and bad guys. There's just assholes like throughout the whole thing. John Krasinski is a good guy. This whole movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, nope. Uh-oh. No, he's not. Because the way he treats that one girl yes. is very bad. He is yeah, not right. good to Claire. <laughs> so I would, I would argue right. that Mikey's, Mikey's statement was partially correct. There are no good guys in this movie. Because uh, you said no good or bad. I'm going to argue all bad. All Literally, bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad. I, everyone is objectively like Game of Thrones level of evil. <laughs> or, and for that, if you just accept that when the opening credits stop and then you like there's like nice songs playing, it becomes a quite a watchable movie where you're like, absolutely not. What will these evil people do to each other next? <laughs> <laughs> it was like watching the Red Wedding in slow motion. <laughs> oh, I'd rather because as soon as you think, OK, sh- she's really bad. Then the other one's like. Nuh-uh, I outbatted you, and now I'm bad, too. And you're like, huh, I almost was empathetic for a second. Thanks for clearing that up. This movie really (laughs) felt to me like I was watching my ex-girlfriend, the one who cheated on me. I was watching her love story with the guy she cheated on me with. Uh, So, spoiler alert, I know they break up two months after this movie ends. (laughs) (laughs) But I will argue that this movie that I think was largely funded by Shake Shack is not a good movie at all. I have Shake Shack notes in my notes. I love because it. I oh my also God. noticed the Shake Shack. And listen, I dig Shake Shack. It's a fine restaurant, but man, oh. they really shoehorn it in. Dex is like the worst male lead character, maybe 
of all time in a romantic comedy. He's like when your mom is like, no, we don't need to go out. We have Henry Cavill at home. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, my God. You don't like him. You don't like any of the decisions he makes. Right. You don't like Kate Hudson or any of the decisions she makes. You don't like the main character or any of the decisions she makes. You do like John Krasinski. I could not like John Krasinski because I feel like I've been that girl, Claire. But you don't like any of the decisions he makes. Well, except at the end when I think he did he come clean with that girl and then moved to no, England? No, he never does. He just like <laughs> other people's revelations make her understand. And then she just leaves hurt. So fuck this movie. Yeah. Like, fuck oh. it to death. I have a revelation to make because when we talked about this movie last week that we were watching it, I was like, oh, this movie is terrible. Only to find out in watching this movie that I had never seen this movie. I'd seen Bride Wars, which is <laughs> equally as terrible wow. as this movie. <laughs> okay. I thought right. that's what I picked because I was like, Don't, aren't they okay. going to try to get married at the same place? Yes. But then I yes. Was like, but then I was like, no, 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 no. This is worse. So wait, you made us watch this movie thinking it was something else? I've seen both. <laughs> I've seen both. They're both equally bad. They both star the same people. I left last week thinking it was going to be Pride Wars, but like realizing it wasn't. My sister texted me and was like, why does Mikey always pick the cheating movies? And I was like, <laughs> honestly, I think he hated this movie too. And then before we started today, I sent the following text to Mikey <laughs> that just said, <laughs> and I quote, if I could unmake one movie, it would be this movie. I would let Remember Me live to kill this movie. Oh man, that is a strong, strong. statement. That's a yeah. strong statement. I, I hate this not... movie so much. I picked this movie because it's terrible and I feel like it goes along with the concept of our podcast, which is a very well-liked romantic comedy from the early to mid 2000s <laughs> that if you look at it from a critical lens is absolutely terrible. <laughs> I do feel like this mid 2000s time period that we seem to have focused in on, at least with your movies, Mikey, yeah. Really, like, a lot of the female characters, main characters, their traits are, like, be meek and be the victim all the time, but make sure you're, like, in that one down position with all your friends, and eventually someone will notice you and you'll get what you want. And I feel like that's teaching a oh. horrible lesson to anyone growing up in this time period. I am here to tell you, I am a person who grew up in this time period and that attitude damaged my social skills yeah, for years. I get and it. And fuck movies that do that. Yeah, absolutely. And this was a book, which is even worse. Because, like, this was a book. There are sequels to it. Yep. There's a bunch of other series like it. And girls would just read the shit out of them. And I am here today to get on my weird soapbox of tell people how the fuck you feel. Admit <laughs> that people can be attracted to you and yeah. embrace it. And don't fucking hide things from people. Just be honest about your feelings and what's going on. Because keeping information from people doesn't ever help them. Absolutely. You're welcome. I feel like we've all probably been the, the what is the main character's name in this movie? The exactly, main character's name is Mikey. Rachel. <laughs> I think we've all been Rachel where people like were shitty to us. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to sum it up, but I mean like we have all been in relationships where we should have made better decisions for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Sure. I don't think anyone is shitty to Rachel until she and Dex start the affair. I think her life was fine until then. That's seven minutes into the movie. And that's seven minutes into the movie. But this movie seeks to make us think that, like, she's been some put-upon person this entire time. 
No. It also tries to make Kate Hudson the villain long before we find out anything bad about her. Right. This movie typifies people as if we're supposed to feel some kind of way about them. This is a bad movie. <laughs> just and I think she, I thought, because it's been so long since I've seen it, that at the end she was going to like learn, like when she went to England and when she like put her foot down with Dex, I was like, okay, she's going to learn and, and like leave. And like, I forgot everything that happened in this movie basically yeah and i thought she was gonna learn and grow and all that stuff and that's why no. she went to go see john Krasinski. but no not at all and then i was like god this is just it just gets worse and worse okay clearly we have a lot of thoughts about this so Paige, let's get into this fucking movie so we can talk about it let's fucking do it so jennifer goodwin <laughs> walks into club crimson gets stopped at the door they let her through because it turns out it's her own surprise party thrown for her by kate hudson yes which for the first two seconds i was like oh that's super sweet and then Kate Hudson literally makes herself the center of attention every chance she gets. She's a terrible in this movie. Don't worry, Todd. She'll get her back in seven minutes when she sleeps with her fiance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that's what the movie's trying to do. It's I trying know. to be like, Darcy's terrible. And I'm like, Darcy is a little self-absorbed. Darcy is maybe too rich for a sensible person <laughs> like and that has colored the way that she experiences the world but like she is throwing a party for her friend bizarre though it may be it's well-intentioned and like she hasn't done anything bad but even if she did that wouldn't make it okay right to do bad things to her right it, this whole movie's thesis is like Fight fire with fire. But also, <laughs> a lot of times they don't know that they're fighting fire. It's like no, no, they're no. using yeah, fire yeah, like, and then they like... find out that there's smoke over the hills and they're like, well, good thing we lit a fire over here. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we meet her best friend, John Krasinski, because he comes into the bathroom while Jennifer Good Goodwin's changing into like her party dress. And he is dodging a girl at this party, which I have a huge problem with because at no point will he just stop her and be like, I'm not interested in you. I'm sorry if you got the wrong impression, but I need to be honest with you because he leads that girl on for a solid half of this movie just by not talking to her and kind of avoiding her when it's convenient for him. Yeah, and Paige, he slept with her already. Yeah, and, and didn't even seem to really like her but is also not being honest Ugh. with her about his intentions. This is worse than a Mikey move because he is ghosting her, but putting himself around her often. That's like if I ghosted you and then like went to lunch with your friends. Yeah. No, and went to lunch with your friends and you, and whenever I conveniently needed a date or someone to dance with, you're there. It's the douchiest thing. Yeah. It's real, real gross. Honestly, I will revise what I said earlier, having a clearer view of what's happening here. Claire is the only good person in this movie. She is, and, and up until what we find out <laughs> in the end, I was rooting for Claire and for Marcus separately because they were the oh, only same. people I enjoyed in the movie. Same. And listen, I get that Marcus is a walk felony but he Absolutely. is charming as fuck <laughs> in this movie and i really wanted him and claire to hook up i i really kind of did and i think part of it's the actor who plays marcus uh, he's so good he's great on shameless he's in bride wars which made this even more confusing do you know where i fell in love with him was the reba. show reba hell yes! yeah he's yes! great hell he's, yeah he's great on reba i love that show me too so anyway john krasinski's being kind of a douche 
to Claire and we go back out into the party where Dex, who is Darcy, Kate Hudson's fiance, basically says to her, it's nice that you pretended to be surprised. Basically, like, that's going to make Darcy feel good that yeah. she did a good thing. So thank you. And we find out over the course of the next few minutes that Dex... Kate Hudson's soon-to-be husband mm -hmm. is law school friends with the main girl in the movie. Right, and that's how they met. Yes. So he introduces her to her friend Marcus, Stephen Howey, who his opening line is, happy 30th birthday, you know, the capacity to be pleasured only increases with age. And she's just like, uh, uh. And then a, a busty blonde walks past and he just goes, what is up? You got a name? <laughs> like immediately <laughs> abandons her. <laughs> it's so funny. So you guys have seen like Jay and Silent Bob movies? Yes. He yeah, brings yeah, yeah, yeah. like a Jay Muse. A Jason Muse. Yeah, a, yeah. He brings like a Jason Muse vibe, but way more charming. Yes. Although I will say, I mean, like depending on what movie you're seeing Jason Muse yeah. in, he can be more or less charming. But this is a happy medium of like, the same, what I would call brutal honesty of being a total dirtbag. Yes. And the charmingness of somebody he somebody who looks good enough to transcend typical dirtbag. It's just, <laughs> it's great. But that's why I liked him, because I was like, he's the only person in this movie that's honest every time he talks. Yes. Uh, until oh, the yeah. end, but you know. The only thing he lies about is his chipmunk story. I don't think he was lying. I think that's true. I think the fact <laughs> that he's not telling anyone that he's bumping uglies with Kate Hudson is a problem. But Oh, no, I think it's a, a lie because every time he tells it, it gets more involved. Because Kate Hudson, when she tells the version of the story that she heard, he actually gave CPR to the chipmunk. Uh, I mean, how could she say no to that page? So as we established, Kate Hudson is kind of making herself the center of attention at this party, but she has the craziest slideshow I have ever seen. It is a, this is a troubling slideshow montage. And I would say if at the end of this movie, they were like, you know what? Screw all the men. We're going to enter into a happy lesbian relationship. That would make this slideshow make sense. I felt that way during the dance scene that they fucking nail towards the end of this movie. Yeah. I was like, listen, if you guys just went somewhere and settled down, I'd be on board for that. Now, this slideshow kind of sets up that they've been friends forever and also friends with John Krasinski, who I don't understand his purpose in this movie. I don't either. Okay, let me tell you his purpose. I don't like it, but let me tell it to you. His purpose is she is cheating on her best friend. Right. So she can't confide in a best friend character. They need a best friend character for her for her to be able to confide in yeah. to help create that conflict. And they thought, wouldn't it be cool if her best friend character that she confides in was a, also a straight guy instead of like a girl? That'd be great. That's why he exists. I thought she was going to grow and be like, I want someone real and honest and authentic. And like they try to do that kind of at the end of the movie and then immediately abandon it. Yeah. And I, I feel like if they were going to do that, they had to 27 dresses it and lay in that kind of groundwork as the movie goes. And it just doesn't. 
I will say at a certain point in this movie, despite the fact that he is not practicing what he preaches, he at a certain point is one of the few people that tells her the fucking truth. Yes. And I appreciate that, but... And all he gets for it is a badminton racket to the face. Which wouldn't hurt that bad. Right. Come on. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the reasons he leaves the country is because he's like wanting to change. I think one of the reasons he left was to like kind of get out of that. If those that were his friend, friend circle. Group, yeah, yeah. That, that friend group was his life, I'd get out of there too. I mean, I yeah. don't think that's the reason he left. I think he was offered the opportunity to write his book and get it published. And that's something you're not going to pass up. But he had to go to London to do that because it's clear he's still keeping into contact with those people. At least some of them. I don't think he keeps yeah. in contact with Kate Hudson because when she shows up in the post credit scene he does not seem thrilled to see her but we're getting way ahead of ourselves but also here's the other thing and this is something that shows up all through it he and Kate Hudson don't get along and we never get an explanation of why and they've been friends since childhood so the fact that they seem to hate each other and we have no explanation for it just makes no sense the way that read to me is that he knows her well enough to like be like oh you're just putting on a show I don't want to deal with any of your bullshit and because he won't deal with any of her bullshit she doesn't really like him that much but they've been friends forever that sort of thing sort of like the way Mikey treats me when we're in public together <laughs> I I read it as he had a crush on her back in the day and she shot him down but they're all still friends I didn't read it that way because when he finally confesses his feelings for Rachel he's like well I guess I should have went for Annabelle or whatever the hell her name is <laughs> Annabelle <laughs> The possessed one. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. She is just trying to pursue someone that she thought was interested in her that has not been honest with her. Team Claire. Wait, no, no. What's the name of Kate Hudson's character? Darcy. That's the joke he makes at the end. I should have went for Darcy. No, he says I should have went for Claire. Does he say that? Yes, I wrote it down. I guess I just thought that Kate Hudson was Claire. Nope. Which, by the <laughs> Kate Hudson looks great in this movie. She does look great. She acts terrible. I'm going to argue that I don't even think she acts that terrible until the very end. No, no, no. I just meant take all the cheating out of it for everyone. Yeah. I don't like her character. <laughs> she is spoiled. Yeah. And she is privileged and and she acts in accordance but I don't think she's malicious. No, no, no. She's just annoying. Yeah, like she's not actively being a dick. The closest she gets is when she's drunk and she criticizes her shoes. Which happens in the first six minutes of the movie, mm -hmm. which we still haven't gotten to yet. I know. <laughs> anyway, this whole like speech she gives and slideshow she gives gives us the whole backstory on she went to law school they were supposed to go to Notre Dame but they didn't which was a lie so it makes her a bad person too without the cheating it, yeah that's true that's true but we don't find that out until the end oh. but she's also <laughs> talking about like she's so excited to get married which again I was like why is this happening at this birthday party well because Kate Hudson can only talk about herself yeah even though she's throwing a surprise party for her lifelong best friend yeah. So the slideshow ends and I believe it's Marcus who asks John Krasinski if he and Jennifer Goodwin are a couple. And he's like, no, and we never have been. And then we cut to the end of the party where Dex is managing a drunk Darcy. And this is where she does the remind me to buy you new shoes. I hate your shoes. Yeah. It's callous, but A, she's offering to buy her new ones. And B, if a friend, a very close friend told me that they hated my shoes, I would either, if I liked them, be like, fuck you, I like these shoes and go on with my life. Yeah. Or I'd be like, oh, God, are they that bad? Because I trust a friend. So, like, yeah, I, I don't even interpret it as that mean. It's Kurt. I don't think it's that mean. I don't know. Natalie got me new shoes today. What do you guys think? 
Oh, I like those. I think it's odd you're sitting in your house recording a podcast with so many layers and shoes. Mikey, not all of us can lay on our couch pantsless covered only in a blanket <laughs> while we record. So we cut outside where Ethan has hailed a cab and uh, Jennifer Goodwin's looking into the window of the club and she just says, there's an old maid in the window, which is insane because we just established that this is her 30th birthday party. And she's just like, it's young, but it's not that young. And I wasted my best childbearing years and I hate my job. Uh-huh. Or as I call it, my type. No, <laughs> this is a crazy way of thinking. But I remember when I was 29 and I thought 30 was so old. I remember thinking that way. <laughs> That's why I like get up next. I'm like, hey, you're not getting any younger. Boo. Boo. It's time to make some life compromises. I'm, I'm here to like feminist dunk into the middle of this conversation. First. First of all, her childbearing years are not the only good thing about her. It is not something she should base her worth upon. Yeah, Mikey. So fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Secondly. Hit him with number two. If you were doing what you wanted to be doing with your life in your 20s, they were not wasted. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, Paige, I <laughs> wasted my 20s by becoming a high paid, very valuable lawyer. That's not a waste. That's also the only way she affords that apartment with that spiral staircase because that thing is like 5,000 bucks a month. <laughs> All these people, at least these people have like super rich jobs. <laughs> I sort of understand being in that headspace, although I think she's very, very wrong. She's 30. She has plenty of time, even for the kids thing. She has plenty of time. Yeah. But when I was 29, I was touring in a band and I was like, uh, do I want to be doing this in my 30s? And it turns out the record label didn't want us to. So we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All this to say 30s, not that old. And, and she at this point turns to Ethan, John Krasinski, and says, why won't you marry me? And he says, I like you too much. But this is, again, establishing a weird like, will they, won't they? For them, that never pays off, really. Yeah, he could have made his move here. I don't understand the whole thing. Because you have to assume that the only reason he went and did the stuff he does in the movie is because he like loves her. Maybe? I don't know. According to what he says at the end. But also, they've been friends forever. It's okay to like have a friend of the opposite sex that you don't want to have sex with. Yeah, I have many. Yeah, I same. have to. I have podcasts to make. Not me, man. <laughs> so now I know our friendship is transactional. Page, I'll be your friend if you edit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I don't want to sleep with you. I have no desire to sleep with any of you. That's how I start every work meeting. It's a good way to start. <laughs> Welcome to work. I don't want to have sex with you. You're fired, <laughs> right, Mikey? You know what? I, I feel like these days and ages, that's probably a good thing to just establish right away. Just be like, this is a completely non-sexual meeting. Let's continue. <laughs> 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 anyway, a cab pulls up and Dex is in it because he's coming back because Darcy forgot her purse. And so she decides to go into the club with Dex to help her find this purse because it's $2,000. And she finds it. They come back out. Ethan's already gone home. Dex is going to get her a taxi. And he basically says, did you have a good time? And she kind of sighs. And he's like, let's go get one more drink. Yeah. So they go to a bar where a hot girl notices Dex, which is a real weird inclusion. But it's literally just the only the only reason they included is to try and get into this next conversation. Yeah. Where she has like a flashback with the coaster on the table. And he comes back to the table and just says, you don't notice the way women look at you. 
she does this whole thing of like that girl can't imagine why you're here with me and i'm like you're equally as good looking as her this is bonkers like yes! this makes yes! no sense she's very very pretty <laughs> and she's a lawyer i don't like this movie i don't like the way this movie portrays sexual relationships and infidelity i think it's got some huge issues but there are scenes like this one where i'm like make it a plus size girl and then it's interesting yeah. for her to be like people can't imagine why you're here with me because that is a hundred percent a thing that i have felt in my life and to you have to kind of combat that feeling in a way it does kind of uh she's all that at with like but you're a brunette yes. <laughs> you have bangs <laughs> yeah exactly she has boobs and i have bangs and that's why things are different and it's like this not, is not no. different they're both tens they're both very attractive women yeah you're you're both conventionally attractive for our current narrow-minded society yeah and he is just a knockoff tom cruise and nobody really wants that in their life. He is microwaved to Tom Cruise. That's for sure. It's. Yeah. I was not attracted to him at all. Same. Well, I mean, he has the charisma of like a mall security guard. Yeah. He's like a dry graham cracker. He's the, <laughs> he's the worst <laughs> to the point where I'm just like, is he worth ruining friendships over? Like, no, if this is Chris Evans or 80s Kurt Russell, then we can talk. But <laughs> right now with he's not Patrick Wilson. Like, what are we doing here? So she at one point just says hot people are supposed to be with hot people. And I'm just like, no, they're not. You're supposed to date up. It's more fun. You're just supposed to date with the person you want to be with. Fuck what society says is hot. Be what be into what you into. Yeah, Society's you're right, Paige. Thank you. I'm just with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I'm just saying society's definition of hot is narrow and does not account for actual connections with people. So fuck it. Be with the people that you feel like you connect with and you want to be with and let that be it. I wasted years with someone who I thought I was supposed to be with as far as like who society wanted me to be with, like who I thought my parents and community like church wanted me to be with. And that was the most unhappy I've ever been in my life. Do what mm. makes you happy. Don't worry about what society says. I, I'm here to tell you as a woman who defies societal standards of beauty, be with who you want to be with. And yeah. like people will make fun of you for it and fuck those people because you're the one who has to live your life. But they're making fun of you because they know they don't have the strength to go after what makes them happy. And they want you to fit into that box like they are fitting into that box mm -hmm. because they feel trapped and they hate it. And if you're real about who you are, you can get a lot of people to fit into your box. <laughs> yeah. I have a yeah. follow-up question. How do you get them to like you back? Honestly, Mikey, it's all about communication the day after and not never talking Ooh, to them again. I'm out in multiple ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's like pretending not to be rich. What are you talking about? Mikey pretends to not be rich. Mikey's rich as fuck. I'm not rich as fuck. You know how I know Mikey is rich as fuck? I've had a $2,000 check for him at my house for months. And he hasn't and he come to get it? $3,000 check at my house for months. And he has yet to come pick it up. That, I don't live hours away. Rich. I live 
15 minutes from his house Motherfuckers vaccinated I could leave it taped under my door Like he could come get it He doesn't I do not have a counter argument I will say I uh, <laughs> made $100 In a small stock investment that I made yesterday Today And Ooh. I'll say this I'm going to buy wood paneling tomorrow So we're <laughs> playing in different fields Okay Mikey So from the booth he calls back to the girl At the bar and is like, you're making my girlfriend uncomfortable, which is just weird. It's also a shitty thing to do to that person. Like, you don't know that yeah. woman. She might have been looking at you because you looked a lot like her cousin that died or whatever. You have no idea what's going on. Like, And she wanted to hit on that cousin before they died. <laughs> yeah. If I ever get called out for looking at someone in public again, I'll be like, you look like my dead cousin and then storm off. <laughs> it could be because there's no TVs and no one else in that whole bar. I don't know what else that I would look at. Yeah. She, she was looking at like, where is the bartender? Are you the bartender? I need a drink. It looks like those people are about to have an emotional affair. Let's tune in. Uh, no, 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 Paige. Not emotional. It's a very wet affair. They uh, they haven't slept together at this point. So at this point, it is purely emotional. It's only emotional until they get back into the cab. Yeah, well, she's not going to see that. She's just watching the show in front of her. That's true. So she, Jennifer Goodwin, then says, I had such a crush on you, which is... An odd thing to tell someone. Ooh, you only tell someone that when the conversation is going one way. Mikey, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever had a girl say this to you when it was like way too late for it to make a difference? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. A girl I really had a huge crush on growing up told me this later in life when she was engaged to somebody else. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. I'm glad that back then when we both liked <laughs> each other you didn't make that known to me i mean i could have said something too so it's not just her fault but still let me one up you oh nice. god a girl wrote in my yearbook i had a huge crush on you all throughout high school i asked her to the prom and she said no <laughs> that makes no sense she was letting you down easy mikey yeah <laughs> and then she signed my yearbook months later and i was like why don't you just go to prom with me if you had a crush on me wow it was too real i couldn't <laughs> That's right, Ashley. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> what she's doing in this movie is a much more recent thing. Yeah. Where it's only been a couple years. It's something she should have probably kept to herself, maybe. Um, well, this movie kind of telegraphs what's about to happen pretty clearly, including this. Yes. Well, yeah, con considering that we don't get the title of the movie until three or four minutes from now. Yes. So he basically is like, I thought you knew. I had a crush on you, too. He clearly didn't know that she had a crush on him. No. Uh, they quickly get in the cab where it has clearly gotten awkward, which is what would happen if you just kind of dropped a bomb like that into somebody's conversation. And he tells the cab driver two stops. And then she starts to apologize of like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I made it awkward. And as she's apologizing, he leans over and kisses her. And this immediately goes into super not okay territory. Uh, it becomes an episode of Taxi Cab Confessions. <laughs> the taxi driver is like, I'm thinking it's more like one stop. And then we get the title card of the movie. Yeah. All of this happens before we see something <laughs> borrowed. And if you wondered if it took us 56 minutes to get to the title card of the movie, yeah, yeah it did take us 56 minutes to get here. <laughs> we talked about other stuff. We did. Now, the very next morning, she wakes up next to Dex yeah. with a voicemail from Darcy who is 
flipping out because Dex never came home. Yeah. And so they're panicking. He's getting dressed. Nobody's answering. They keep hearing her voicemails. And they're portraying her like a crazy person in this scene. But if Jake just didn't come home and didn't tell me where he was, I'd be calling everyone. I'd be calling the police. I'd be out driving the neighborhood to see if he was dead in a ditch somewhere. Like, I would be losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's perfectly understandable. Yes. You just sound a little needy there, Paige. <laughs> so, eventually Rachel answers the phone and Darcy is like, where have you been? And it sounds like she's drunk still in the morning. I know they're trying to play it as hungover, but she's just like, what's going on? I think he's cheating on me. And you're just like, whoa, whoa. Does she have a problem? <laughs> like, what's going on? She's got a lot of problems now. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they make up this lie about him being out late with Marcus and... We cut to Rachel is remaking, taking the sheets off her bed, basically. And she looks at the bookshelf where she sees a book that says torts. Yeah. And she has a law school flashback to essentially like her first day of a class where she's got all of her stuff organized. She's very nervous. He makes fun of her for having so many pens and she ends up knocking all of them off the desk. And he only has one pen, but he lends it to her. And he just says, it's okay, I'll just listen. We cut back to her apartment where she's watching Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Odd choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's honestly the movie I want to watch after I have sex with my best friend's fiance. <laughs> I mean, if I had to choose a movie to watch instead of this movie, that would definitely be a movie I could choose. <laughs> um, but he calls her from Darcy's phone to make sure that she's okay. And Darcy says that he got weird and felt guilty and said we had to talk and she fully doesn't care. She doesn't care that he wants to talk to her. She's dismissing it. Yeah. Which is crazy. We cut to Kate Hudson is dress shopping and she comes out in a dress. It looks like a panina tournée, which. Yeah, yeah, Mikey, you noticed it was a panini tournée, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you like spin around and you whack it with a bat and there's candy inside. <laughs> That's a pinata tournée. But oh. a panini one is the one you use a sandwich press on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how, how you, you get dry. Those, yeah, that's how you get the ruffles. Um, <laughs> so <sighs> she's having. They say she's having her bridal moment, but she's like, "I really want to cry the day it happens." So I'm checking my mascara because she's kind of a like unemotional robot. It's she's a, a sociopath, though. <laughs> she's a so she's a psychopath. I mean, we can we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little nuts. Uh, she's yeah. also a compulsive liar. We find out later. Yes. Right. And then when you, when she finds out that they've been cheating on her, I think she's not mad at the cheating. It's more of like a control thing. She definitely has some 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 red flags. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we get a flashback to law school where Rachel and Dex are like late at night studying in the library and they're having this kind of like like cute like they're clearly falling in love and I'm just like why didn't they get together? And she ends up laughing so hard that she cries and he like wipes the tear away. And I'm like, that's not a thing friends do. Like that's, that's <laughs> this is, he's clearly, I, I don't know how much more he has to spell this out for yeah, you. It's the opposite of he's not that into you. Like he's clearly yeah. into you. He's, he's super clearly into you. super into you. <laughs> and he asks her out. Yeah. He's like, hey, when we're done with this, let me take you out to dinner. And she goes, 
Yes. And that is a date. Well, that's why guys always say at the end, it's a date. Yes. This is why that little phrase is important after you make plans with someone. Here's the thing. She knows it's a date because they mention it later because we're back at that same bar where uh-huh. they were the night before cheating, but this is still in the flashback, which is confusing. But they sit in a booth. Their hands aren't quite touching. And then Darcy shows up. At which point I had some serious questions because if Darcy and Rachel are such good friends, did she never talk to Darcy about liking Dex? What girlfriend wouldn't talk about that? And if she did talk to Darcy about it and Darcy still does the thing that she's about to do, that makes Darcy a horrible person. That's what I thought happened. I don't know. I mean, okay, let me just say this, Paige. If I was going out with a girl who I had told my best friend that I liked and that best friend just showed up, did the truth or dare thing, that would be a great wingman move to be like, why don't you go on a real date with Todd? And then if that goes well, then that person fades away into the background and goes away. Like, I feel like in this moment, even though I think Kate Hudson in this movie is truly horrible, she's trying to do a nice thing right here. It starts out that way. Uh, th- then she 180s it to a then bad thing. Then she 180s it to the worst. Yes, I agree. But I think she does that because Rachel makes it clear she's not interested in him that way. See, but here's my thing. If I'm in Darcy's shoes... I know that this is a guy that Rachel's into. If Rachel tried to pull that, we're just friends, I would have countered and been like, bullshit, bullshit. You're sitting all close at the table. This is more than friends. Not to quote another Kate Hudson movie, but you'd be like, bullshit, mama. Bullshit, mama. mama. (laughs) Bullshit. Go frost yourself. I'm going to get some drinks. Go frost yourself, Darcy. I do not like Kate Hudson in... How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I love her in that. I don't like her in this. Oh, I I would say, I mean, this is a way worse version of her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Darcy, instead of being a wingman, she's like, oh, oh, you're just friends? Cool, then ask me out. And she's not just poking the bear. Like, she takes him up on it. Yeah. So in a way, Rachel ruins it for herself, which does come back around later. Yeah. But I'm like, if you're Darcy and you know... You're a bad friend. Yeah. How dare you? The fact that she is still friends with her after that kind of boggled my mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, because she leaves the bar crying later this night. Yeah. Well, then the rest of the movie, she's like, she always wins. Yeah. The one thing, and we'll we'll get to it, I guess. The one message I like that this movie has is that she says she didn't always win because she always wins. She always wins because I let her. Right. I didn't stand up for the things that I wanted at the time. So it wasn't that I was losing to her. I was losing to me. Yeah. Which is accurate. But man, we took a long time to get there. Yeah. Oh, she learns the lesson the worst way. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut back to the bridal salon where she's asking about veil or no veil. And she's talking to her about Marcus. And she says, you're 30. You can't afford to be picky. No, it is not the 1950s. Be picky. Yeah, you can be picky (laughs) at any point in life. Be picky because you don't want to end up with somebody you don't like. Be picky if you're like in a nursing home on your way out of this mortal coil. If you want to be picky, be picky. No, if I'm in a nursing home, it is just riding a constant train. I'm going to sample Take it all where I can cuisines. get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, that population has the highest levels of, of STDs. STDs. They yes. do, yeah. 
So she tells her that she convinced Marcus to take the last bedroom in the Hamptons house, which means that they're basically renting a house for the summer and they're each paying for a room in that house, which I have some pricing on later. Nice. But she says she's going to have to work most weekends. But Kate Hudson talks her into going. Yeah. So she takes Ethan with her. He's like their emotional support animal. Friend, friend, sorry, friend. Friend, uh, but Kate Hudson doesn't like him, and so she's mean to him the whole time. Yeah, it's bizarre because you have a group of people like she's being so blatantly so mean. Yeah, that other people in the real world would be like, "Why are you being this mean?" So did you guys used to fuck or what? Like that? Yeah, she's like, "Why would you bring him? He's the worst." And he's like standing there. If I was her fiance, I'd be like, "Why do you hate this guy so much?" Yeah, should I hate him? What's happening? You know, yeah. what did he do to you? Anyway, so they all are piling into the car to go. Dex and Rachel are weird, putting luggage away, and they're just kind of awkward around each other. Uh, Marcus does this like pay the toll thing where he tries to get a kiss before she climbs into the car. They put her in a really weird, pressured situation with Marcus, and I don't super like it. We get a montage of the Hamptons, and then we get a toast from Kate Hudson at the bonfire, which is basically like, summer, yay, (laughs) 30 is old, drink, drink, drink. Uh, That was exact, I wrote it down, and... They then go to a local bar and club where Marcus is shooting his shot with everybody. Yeah, yeah play the numbers. And Ethan and Rachel are standing to the side. And Ethan says, you gotta stop staring. And at first we think she's staring at Dex. But then we reveal that his weird girlfriend, Claire, is also there and staring. And like... Is she part of their friend group? Is she staying at the Hamptons house? She's there later, but like she's never a part of any other friend thing. She is on both counts. She is friends with Kate Hudson because she's in her bridal party. And I think like actually in her bridal party, not like I was in my stepbrother's bridal party where his wife wanted nine bridesmaids. So he had to ask everyone he'd ever met in his life to be a groomsman. Jeez. Like, I, cause she's, he, she only has like three bridesmaids and she's one of them. Yeah. So I yeah, think no, they're actually right. friends. Okay. Claire deserves a man who's going to love her for her and a friend group that wants her around. Yeah. A friend group who wants her around. Definitely. And listen, if Ashley Williams wants to date Mikey and be friends with us, I'm game for that. It probably won't last long, but I'll be better friends than yes. these people. Same. I will let you down better than John Krasinski. <laughs> I won't make you be in a wedding party. You're welcome. You don't have to do it. But I actually like what Jennifer Goodwin says here, which is just basically don't be mean to her. She's just a woman who made a mistake of thinking somebody wanted her, but they only wanted sex. But then at the same time, no one will tell this girl the truth. Yeah. No one will be honest with her. I hate that. I hate hate it because it just makes her look foolish and they play it like comic relief they play it like comic relief and it's legitimately cruel and i do not like it but i also this kind of highlights something this movie does where it treats sex as if it's something that happens to you that you have no control over and then you just have to deal with the like outcome it's oh. like the weather. Because it's almost like John Krasinski's like, oh, I can't believe, like, he's upset about it. But I'm like, you did it. Yeah. You chose to do it. Yeah. Once you do something, you have to own it. Yeah. Well, and then, like, the whole thing with her and Dex, where she's like, I wish it just hadn't have happened. It's like, it didn't have to happen. You were there. You <laughs> you had a choice. You could have said stop. Sex is not something, it's not rain. 
it it doesn't just fall on you. <laughs> like it's not me, Paige. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a rain drought. <laughs> Any kind of drought is I mean, a rain drought. Mikey's living in the high desert, Paige. Yeah, it's a, I'm Death Valley, California <laughs> over here. I mean, you could just say California in general. We don't usually have rain. <laughs> I miss the rains. <laughs> I miss the rains down in Africa. I yeah. was going to say, like, eh, it's overrated. And then I was like, no, it's not. It's not. It's the tits. <laughs> it's so great, Mikey. I'm so sorry you're missing out on it. Oh. The only people who say it's overrated are people who are not having it. Right. It's pretty the best. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe I should have been in something a little bit more serious when the pandemic started. <laughs> anyway, this is also where we see Marcus kind of making his way through the club. And Rachel actually says, you're like a shark. And he's like, how dare you? I'm sensitive. And he tells her the chipmunk story with like a splint and a baby Bjorn. Yeah. And he's like, all I saw was a furball that needed love. So next time you want to call somebody a shark, remember the chipmunk. And this is clearly a story he uses to make women feel that he is a sensitive man. Yes. Just like my work stories. <laughs> And then I built a baby Bjorn for this man who was having an episode and came at me with a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> and I carried him around with me while he shouted the N-word. Here's something that legit happened to me that I pulled out on a day. I was like, you know, one time I got a accommodation from the chief of police for like going on a roof and talking a 10-year-old down. I mean, just happened that one time. <laughs> I had to tell them that they couldn't fly. And I know they saw <laughs> Superman do it, but like... You're 10. You got to be smarter about this shit. On reality, that kid punched and kicked me and bit me. <laughs> That's a less sexy story. I mean, they were just doing what Superman would have done. Anyway, he offers to go outside and smoke weed with her. And at first she's like, no. But then she sees Kate Hudson and Dex together. And she's like, yeah, let's go. Let's smoke. Let's do a weed. Let's do a weed. We cut back to the house later and they're kind of like cuddling on the couch and then Kate Hudson and Dex are also cuddling on the couch. And Dex is definitely uncomfortable watching her with Marcus. But also, he's in a relationship and has no bearing over what she does with her life. He's about to take Kate Hudson to Pound Town. Fuck Dex. He's the worst. I hate him. When you're upstairs and moaning loudly so we can all hear you go to, to Pound, Pound Town. Hell <laughs> yes, Paige. Hell yes. <laughs> Pound town where all the lights are bright. Pound town, you're gonna come tonight. Pound town, <laughs> dicking you down till you scream. Hey, do you guys uh, have some tickets, extra tickets? To, to um, Pound Town? <laughs> no, uh, a minor exclusive tickets. Yeah, so I yeah, can yeah. like only use them with Jake. I mean, if you wanted to take Jake to Pound Town, I mean, <laughs> we'd have to talk to Jake about that. This conversation took a turn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not interested. Pretty sure Mikey is not a no. <laughs> anyway, so Dex is uncomfortable. Like me now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make the tongue face. <laughs> I do like that Paige makes faces and we are on a purely audio medium. <laughs> Pound Town. I've been banished from Pound Town for seven years. Pound Town is now a city prison and there's no getting in or getting out. Escape. 
from Pound Town, starring <laughs> Dick Pliskin. <laughs> oh my god, I want to make that movie. Yeah, you do, Mikey. You want to make that movie all night long. <laughs> At least for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> I didn't realize you were down for six minutes of foreplay, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a giver. That's what Pound Town needs. More generous citizens like you willing to serve. I'm like the Batman of Pound Town. <laughs> I'm the comptroller. <laughs> Just call me Paige Wesley, comptroller of Pound Town. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the codes department from Pound Town. We've had some complaints. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, Pound Town, we've got a P2-niner on the <laughs> east side. Gentlemen refusing to reciprocate oral sex. Over. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> That's why we brought in Snake Plissken. This has gotten out of control. Sage, <laughs> it's Dick Pliskin. Thank you. Disc, Dick Pliskin. <laughs> yes. Where's Harvey? Don't. Where's Harvey? Don't. I was born in Pound Town. You merely abducted it. I'm not Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So Marcus is trying to get them to leave because he wants to be alone with Rachel. And he does get them to go upstairs. And he and Rachel end up watching Wild Things. It's Marcus's choice. I guess. Yeah. Uh, They hear the moans from upstairs. And she's like, it was a cat. And he's like, that's no cat. And he turns down the volume. Yeah. (laughs) And then he says, I am digging the ambiance in this house. (laughs) We cut to John Krasinski's room. Where Claire shows up and she's like, it's kind of weird out there. Can I sleep in here? And instead of just talking to her, he comes out as gay, which he is not. He lies to her. This is problematic. It's like stolen valor, but for the LGBTQ plus community. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see. He should have just been on. Like, look, I don't have feelings for you. And I should have told you earlier. But if you want to hook up again, we can do that. I'm going to call it stolen swallow. Um, (laughs) uh, But she basically says, I accept the challenge. And he doesn't super know what she means by that. And it's yeah. implied that she's going to try and like convert him. But then later she just is super supportive where she's wearing like the American apparel legalized gay shirt from this time period. Yeah. Uh, and is like trying to get him to like hit on Marcus and stuff, which is very, very kind of her. She is one of the few characters in this movie that is kind the entire way through. Yes. And they just shit on her for it. And I hate it. I mean, she is great. She's the only one that deserves better, which is why, again, I will say, Ashley Williams, if you want to hook up with Mikey, we will be better friends to you. We will be better friends. I mean, I'll extend the invitation to all female celebrities. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we cut to the next morning and Rachel is leaving and she says her boss called and she has to go in and she's going to get a taxi. But instead, Dax offers to drive her to basically the shuttle. And in the car, he's like, you don't really have to go, do you? And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. You just made her wildly uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. She didn't want to hear you banging it out with your fiance when she is fully the other woman. Yeah. Especially when they've left things undefined. Yeah. So at this point, she says, 
can we just forget that it happened? And he says, yeah, let's forget that it happened. And then she says, why did it happen? Yeah. Why did you kiss me? And he basically is like, well, I wasn't actually that drunk. I It was a mistake. Sorry. So she goes home. Yeah. She runs into Ethan uh, back at work because they seem to they must work in like the same office park or close to it because they go to Shake Shack almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> They're a gratuitous Shake Shack product placement in this film. They want you to cheat on Steak and Shake. <laughs> I, I do prefer Shake Shack personally. Yeah. Shake Shack is much better. So she finds out that Ethan and Marcus had a great weekend together. And then she gets a text from Darcy. Yes. Asking her to go to dinner, saying that it's important. So she goes out to dinner uh, to meet up with Darcy. But Dax is there, too. And clearly neither of them knew that the other one was coming. Kate Hudson's character, Darcy, is like, we need to talk about what's going on between you two. And I think we all know what it is. It's normal for the best friend and the fiance to be upset that they're going to lose the attention of the bride, which is bonkers. It's really crazy. That's a yeah. crazy thing to think. Yeah, it's delusional. It's delusional. <laughs> it's also really weird when she's like, there are no third wheels here. And I'm like, yes, there is. Because one of these persons is your spouse. And the other one is your friend. I thought they were going to have a threesome at this, at this point. Make a better movie. Uh... <laughs> Mikey, Rachel was in big love. So it's not too far <laughs> off from where she went after this movie. It's all downhill from Bill Paxton. <laughs> so Dex leaves because he's clearly very uncomfortable. Yeah. And Kate Hudson's character, Darcy, just like doesn't care. Doesn't really care that he's uncomfortable. She's talking at length about Marcus and like, did you guys do it? Was he a good kisser? Is he circumcised or not? Is he circumcised or not? Although that's later. So Dax leaves and Darcy asks Rachel, please go see this cover band for the wedding because Dax is going to love them, but he's at work and I don't have anybody to go with. So please go. So she agrees to go. We cut to the next day and she reluctantly, reluctantly agrees. Yeah. The next day she's at the venue seeing the band and calls Kate Hudson because she doesn't see her anywhere. And Kate Hudson is getting Botox and not there. <laughs> see, this drove me over the edge. I would just been like, I slept with your fiance. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is such a dick move. It is. It's very inconsiderate. And surprise, Dex is there because he was clearly lying about working. Yes. Also a dick move. Also a dick move. So they hang out. They watch the band together. They kind of talk through it. And he basically says, you're all I ever thought about in law school. And she's like, I didn't know. Why are you saying this to me? And he's like, it's not wedding jitters. It never was. I can't stop thinking about you and I don't know what to do. And he basically is like, if you feel the same way about me, please tell me now. Just tell me now. Yeah. And if he was like, tell me now. And she did. And then he immediately went to Kate Hudson. I'd feel better about this movie. Yeah. But the fact is that he gets this information. Well, first of all, she says, I can't because it's too late. That's not a thing. You got to tell people shit. And also, he's not married yet. It's not too late. It's not too late. I also think question whether or not this is your emotions or if this is concrete. Because stress, hormones, any number of things can play into you having an emotional high where you feel like, Everything is wrong and this person is the person. But you've also been with this other person for five years. Is that fleeting feeling stronger than what you've built with somebody? Like it goes back to that idea that we talked about in What If where it's like, is this 
person, quote unquote, the one and the concept of one person being the one as opposed to spending time building a relationship with somebody. And the one thing I think this movie posits is like they've known each other the same amount of time as him and Kate Hudson. So maybe he is with the wrong person. But it doesn't really matter if he can't just be honest with the people around him. Yeah. Right. They could have done that and not slept with each other the first night and just like maybe kissed and been like, oh, my God, we kissed. And that could have been their weird thing that kicks off this journey. Yeah. They they rush out of the venue and they end up kissing in the middle of the damn street. And you can tell because (laughs) cars in the background have to swerve around them. Yeah. Which honestly, they stop in the street a lot in New York City. That seems very dangerous. Well, and she says, I do feel the same. I wish I didn't, but I do. At that point, like, if this is going to be a factor in his decision, now's the time to make that decision. Yes. And honestly, he knew this the day he woke up next to her. Yeah. Like, yeah, she slept with him. Yeah. Clearly, she wants this. Yeah. Yeah. He is just putting off making a decision, but he's going to try and string her along as long as he can so he can enjoy her which is gross Best case scenario he's like are you using me for my body no <laughs> he's just double checking i guess well part part of me is like if we're gonna use people for their body john krasinski's right there and he's not married to anybody yeah he's single <laughs> as fuck he's single af and willing to mingle as long as your name isn't claire <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. she gets home and he leaves her a message on her answering machine that says hey i can't stop thinking about what just happened come to the hamptons this weekend i hope to see you there this is when the movie takes a turn for me which is like a turn worse which i'm like what is he doing it's already bad and then this is cruel yeah. yes I can't believe it's worse than infidelity, but it is. It is like a turn for the worst. Well, it's not as entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get to the Hamptons, but Kate Hudson is also still there. Claire is there in her legalized gay shirt. Obsessed. <laughs> I love her. Marcus is there with a stranger. <laughs> yes. Uh, who's drinking vodka in the morning. And essentially, it's like he invited her there to watch him with his fiance. Yeah. It's torture. Yeah. Especially if after their last interaction where he's established, I do have feelings for you. Well, then great. The next step is to be honest with the other people in your life. And that's what we would be moving towards. Right. Yeah. In that moment, you go to your fiance and tell her that things are off. You then tell your parents and then you come back here to my place and we bone it out all weekend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what, do it above board is all I'm asking. Yes. I understand sometimes people are engaged to somebody that they shouldn't be marrying and stuff gets called off. I get it. Yeah. But you have to be honest and call that shit off. And the fact that he is not honest with Kate Hudson and he's not really being genuine or honest with Rachel just makes him the worst and he is not hot enough to be acting that way (laughs) (laughs) that's a kate hudson hot level move not him yeah so she comes up on him on the phone and he's talking to his mom who we find out has depression and allegedly is super happy because of the wedding and i'm like that's messed up (laughs) like that's a really messed up plot point in this movie for them to be like can't call off the wedding his mom's depression and i'm like first of all Treatment for depression should mean that the mood swing should not be conditional. 
Right. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are not responsible if someone else for someone else's happiness or treatment for their mental health disorder. She probably needs to be in therapy and medication. And I'm sure she's in a better mood because he's getting married. But if you had an honest conversation with your mom, she probably wouldn't want you to marry the wrong person. Yeah. Hopefully. Be weird if she did. But what are you going to do? Stay married forever because your mom's happier during that one time frame? What happens after she dies? You think your mom's <laughs> going to rather you marry someone who, like, I don't know, didn't go to college over someone you met in law school and who was also a lawyer and makes you happy? Just because she's a brunette? She has her hair in a ponytail, too. Ugh. I'm going to say that all of the things you just listed are circumstantial, and the right person is the right person. Yeah, that's sort of my point, though. Like, the mom would not care. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. She wants her son to be happy. I think it's unrealistic for the mom not to be into whoever he's into, as long as they're not, like, I don't know, selling drugs or something that's, like, going to harm their prospects long term. Like, it just seems insane to me. Okay, but like how good are they at selling drugs? Because if it's really good, they might not have to buy that mansion for them. Okay, they're actually really good at selling drugs, but the the drugs they're selling are actually more like essential oils. Oh, gross. But they're like the top of the pyramid chain. Yeah, they like started early in young living. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, they call them old living. (laughs) Anyway, he says, I'm sorry we haven't had any time to talk. And I'm like, when did you think you would? Kate Hudson's going to be here the whole time. Like, when did you think you were going to sneak away? You didn't think about this at all. And she ends up having to kind of watch him and Kate Hudson like playfully running on the shore and the sea. And he has still has chemistry with her. And the fact that he's like making her watch it and not being honest with people is gross we do get a brief shot of john krasinski trying to hit on marcus for claire (laughs) like for claire to see and then claire is just like oh next time uh which is very funny it is funny but also like i feel weird about it yeah i mean well because here's the thing like she's trying to be so supportive again beacon of kindness in a movie full of trash all around good person Claire. (laughs) Anyway, she's watching Dax and Darcy dance. So she drags Marcus out onto the dance floor and they start dancing too. And she ends up like pulling a groin muscle. And then uh, Kate Hudson's like, did you pull your vagina? And she's like, no, I didn't pull my vagina. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) It's real weird. And we cut to the next day at work where she's got flowers on her desk and they're from Dex. And it just says, sorry, we couldn't talk. Can we try again? And she calls, or I'm sorry, he calls, she answers. And she's like, it's watching you with her and knowing what we're doing. What are we doing? It's hard to see you with her. And that's a very honest thing. Like, I understand those feelings. It's still not great because she also could be telling Kate Hudson what's going on. She knows her too. Yeah. But the fact that he is kind of stringing her along is just real dark and then he, it's real shitty i fucking hate him yeah for this in the movie he ups the ante with we need some time to be alone just the two of us i'll say i have to work and it'll be like a timeout to see what this is without anyone or anything around us which is bullshit he's not zach morris he can't call a timeout like fuck that it's really shitty of him to be like hey how about instead of me Manning up and telling my fiance that I want to be with you and not her. Or at least that I have doubts, you know. Yeah, that we just continue lying to everybody and just have sex all weekend. That sounds like it'll be fun, right? Right. Fuck you, dicks. Ethan walks into her office, sees the flowers, 
asks who they're from and she lies and is like oh they're from marcus and he's like oh that was him on the phone too right and then he reads the note and ethan knows what's up oh he knows immediately yeah he knows what's up and he says like who are they from do you want me to guess and she says please Please don't don't (laughs) Uh, and then we cut back to shake shack where she's like please say something and he's like i don't know what you want me to say i didn't think either of you had it in you and she's like well it's nothing to be proud of and he's like well nobody's married yet and good people make mistakes and do bad things and i could see you guys together so when are you guys gonna tell them basically like right that's kind of where he's leading this is like okay if you want to do this like i understand why you might want to but then when are you gonna tell them which is like super supportive and suggesting that she listen it sucks that you're in the situation you're in right now here's how you get out of it in a good way right he's very supportive as a friend and very realistic to how he responds to each of these events yes yes he basically said he's like what is what does he want to for you to stay here and spend fourth of july weekend with him and lie to everybody and she's like yeah and he's like well what do you want she says i want not to want him and he's like, is that true? And she's like, no. Like, he's calling her on her lies, too, which is right. pretty great. Yes. And then he says, if the roles were reversed, Darcy wouldn't even hesitate. And at that point, I'm like, this is the one thing where I'm going to, like, uh, bad advice because that doesn't make it okay. Like, it does not. That's just his undying hatred for Darcy. Yes. Because, well, and it's one of those things where it's like somebody being a bad person and hypothetically making this choice doesn't make it okay for you to make it in real life. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. you justifying it basically. So we cut to Darcy asks Rachel to come meet her and she rushes in. It's an emergency and it's Darcy trying to write her vows to Dex. And essentially Rachel ends up writing those vows, give or take. (laughs) I love this though, because she was like, you got to hear my vows. They're, they're great. And she's like, just sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my vows. And then she's like, maybe you could help me with them. Yes. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what? I'm just going to say it. Not everyone's a poet. You don't need to write your own vows. Just saying. I've been to a lot of weddings, one of which was mine. And uh, don't write your vows. I mean, unless you're good at that kind of thing. Like, I've never seen that go well. Counterpoint, stand-up comedian hired to speak in front of people all the time. I didn't write my own vows. (laughs) So many people who lived long, happy, married lives used these words before you. There's a significance to those words. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. That is sweet. That is sweet. But then also, I didn't have to cry as I was like, when you let me play Sonic sometimes... And I order pizza for us. Like, it's not. (laughs) It's not a good look. And everyone tries to put jokes in there. And I'm like, not the place. Not the place. Best place for a joke is when they ask if anyone has any reason why you shouldn't get married and you turn to the audience and look mean. I nailed that one. (laughs) I love that. But now I know why you wouldn't invite me to your wedding. (laughs) You were like, I object. Jake and I are meant to be. (laughs) And I'm carrying his baby. (laughs) What about 4th of July weekend, Jake? I'm just holding Mikey in my arms. (laughs) We smoked those ribs and made sweet love under the hot summer sun. (laughs) I've still got barbecue sauce in places. (laughs) Lick it out with me. Uh, At Pound Town. Where all the lights are bright. Pound Town. Eating your... Okay. Uh, Eating your fave delights. Yay. I was going to say eating your ass tonight. Another thing you could do if you had that backstory would be like, the McRib is back. (laughs) I'm the McRib and I need to be in your buns. (laughs) 
make movies we don't like enough to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so she cleans her house for 4th of July because she's definitely cool with continuing to lie to her friend because she's a bad person. Yes, she is. Who's about to have a lot of sex with another bad person. Just like her other friend, who's also a bad person. <laughs> who's also a bad person. <laughs> oh my God, everyone's the worst. Everyone's the worst. This is like the movie Downfall in the Hamptons. <laughs> Isn't that the one about Hitler in the bunker? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like not great, you know? <laughs> You're comparing this movie to a movie that looks at the downfall of the Nazis. <laughs> so in this movie, who would you say is Hitler? Ooh, Dex. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dex. He gets to her apartment and she's nervous about it being clean. So instead of him coming up, she goes down. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, they go for a walk. The city's deserted because it's 4th of July weekend. He turns his phone off. He tries to hold her hand, and she's like, I'm not really comfortable doing that yet, um, which does kind of, like, save their asses a little bit later. But but it's weird because he's fully been inside her multiple times at this point, and she yeah. just doesn't want to hold his hand. They give hand-holding the emotional weight at the end of this movie, which is insane to me. To be fair, she's used to holding him with other parts of her body. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, we've been having the debate at work of what is more intimate, kissing or hand-holding. Oh, interesting. But this is definitely the time where it is debatable. Because I think holding hands is a very intimate relationshipy thing to do. I think holding hands is very public. And that's partially why it's different. Because you don't hold hands at home in your house. You hold hands when you're out and other people can see oh. you. Oh, I fully hold hands in public and private. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I don't mean if you're just like sitting across a table holding. I mean, call me Jake. I mean, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I, I mean, in the way that this movie talks about holding hands where they're like out walking around. Yes. I think that that is like legitimizing their relationship in her mind. Yes. Anyway, he basically says this is already the best weekend I've had in a long time. And we cut to them on the roof of her apartment building together. And he recalls the torts flashback that we've already seen and is like, I asked you out. Didn't you understand? Yeah, <laughs> basically. And she says, I didn't think someone like you could ever like someone like me, which is bonkers. But this is another scene where I'm like, this would have had so much more weight. With somebody who's not conventionally attractive Agreed. to like have it be a more emotionally significant moment. And instead, you're just like, you're gorgeous. Why is this a question? I don't know. Because it's ridiculous for her to be like, but how could you ever love someone with bangs? <laughs> I've got bangs and dimples. It can't happen for me. <laughs> I also think a more realistic flashback is if Dex asks her out and she invites her friend that he would be in a really bad mood for the rest of the night. Oh, I, I have accidentally done that before. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would sheer shit be drinking like, mm, this is great. I'm ready to go. So we cut to everyone in the Hamptons who's celebrating 4th of July and they're all super happy party. And to be honest, Darcy doesn't seem that unhappy that Dex isn't there because everyone's paying attention to her and that's clearly more important to her. That's clearly what she prefers anyway. Yes. So cut back to the rooftop where Rachel and Dex have rooftop sex. We cut to the next morning where they wake up next to each other and tell each other that they love each other, which is Oof. a pretty strong word for somebody that you have not broken up with your fiance for. Yeah. This scene hit close to home. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, dude. I was like, get out, woman. Rachel, run. Mikey, I've totally been there, too. I mean, but this is why I'm like, it's manipulative and cruel. Yeah, he's literally just stringing her along. Yeah, say so you're a guy that always want, that's always wanted to hear that and feel that. And then like all of a sudden, yeah. you have blinders on now. It's almost like there are people out there who will just say whatever they have to say in the moment to get you to do what they want you to do. And they don't really have those feelings. And they just are horrible people. And you should remove yourself from their presence immediately. Well, I, th- I, think, I think sometimes the feelings are real. It's just people are idiots. Well, I I think that the feelings and the reality of the implications of those feelings are two different things. So Mm -hmm. you may feel like, oh, I feel like I love this person. But love is so much more than just that feeling. Love is the honesty and work and time that you put into cultivating an honest relationship. Right. Yeah. So they're walking around in the park later and he says, imagine I'm holding your hand. And thankfully they weren't doing it for real because his parents are in the park and they end up going to like lunch with with his parents. Yeah, which she already knows because they were friends in law school. Like, she she knows them. Yes, and now here's what I actually really kind of like is Dex's dad pulls him aside and he's like, yeah, I've never seen mom so happy for the wedding. And he's just like, yeah, 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 about that. Uh, you need to fucking knock off whatever you're doing here. Yeah, like the dad okay. seems to know, which is weird. I think it's well, obvious. anyone would know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's fair. It's 4th of July weekend. You're not at the Hamptons. She's not at the Hamptons. What's going on here? And I think the dad may have came off this at a at a different angle. I I, I mean, not a very supportive father. I mean, he's like, yeah. cut the shit out. I, I think if I was his dad, I'd have been like, so this is not your fiance. <laughs> Are you What's okay? Happening? What is going on yeah. in your life? Like, I, you know, I, I love and support you, but so what is this? Well, and and I would have had questions like, do we need to call off the wedding? Yeah. Can I not buy that $14 million house? Yeah. This is not going to continue after the wedding. So what's happening here? That I think that's where I would be coming at is like, it's not okay for you to continue to do this if this is what you're doing. So we need to make some decisions. Yeah. I mean, like, you obviously need someone to talk to that you can trust. I am your father. Tell me what is going on. Because you're obviously, something is very complicated happening in your life. Instead, he's like, I don't want your life. We're not that kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want your wife. Um. (laughs) I mean, on some level, it is sort of like, listen, I've been down this road. I cheated on your mom a lot. It never goes well. Stop it. Knock it out now. We're better than Why this. do you think she's so depressed? <laughs> yeah. You'll get some Instagram messages. <laughs> oh, oh, Mikey. I'm sorry. After seeing his parents, they're walking back to her apartment, and she's like, hey, your mom is a sweetheart. Your dad seems kind of cold, <laughs> I guess, basically. Yeah. And she asks him, you know, do you want to come up? And he's like, I, I do, but she texted and they're on their way back so i just want you to know that what i said this morning i meant it and then he kisses her on the cheek and then we cut to uh, a later date of indeterminate distance from the time that we have just experienced we don't know how long ago it's been (laughs) yeah all we know is we're back at shake shack (laughs) at this point john krasinski is like it's time for some harsh ass truths he's being a dick you're being stupid. He's not married yet. He could change his situation, but he hasn't. And you haven't even talked to him since that weekend. So why are you waiting for somebody who's not making you a priority? And I was just like, yes, John Krasinski coming in with the truth. 
Yeah. I love what he said. It's real. This is where Jocker says he pretty much puts the thesis on the thing. Yeah. Where he's like, we're all assholes at this beach, but at least I'm the only asshole who gives a shit about you. And I was like, hey, that's what should be on the box of this DVD. That's actually later. That's not this scene. Oh, that's not this one? No, that's like two scenes later. But this is where he tells her he's moving to London because there's a publisher that's interested in reading his book. And then... We cut to she runs into Marcus at the park with the kids. So she's just received harsh truths from John Krasinski, who's just like, tell your boyfriend to make up his mind, basically, yeah. or knock the shit off. Right. Um, and so she sits and talks to Marcus and Marcus says, last night I was lying in bed and I was thinking of you wanting to jerk off and I couldn't get it up because now I associate you with failure. Which is a great monologue. <laughs> yeah, but she says, how do you make the most hideous things sound charming? And I'm like, that was not charming. <laughs> it did not sound charming. Yeah. Dex has set the bar low. Yeah, I was like, now I understand why you're accepting the treatment you are because this is not charming. You have a, there. we need to reframe some things for you. And <laughs> and then he just says, how big do you think it is? And she's like, gross. And he's like, no, the house. And you're like, and she's like, what? And he's like, Dex's dad is buying them a house. My dad is his dad's realtor. They're looking at mansions for like $2 million over in this like neighborhood. And Darcy's super excited about it. And we cut to them walking those houses and Dex is apprehensive, but Darcy's super excited. She loves the houses. And it's definitely a thing of like i understand why this is the breaking point for her we should have had one way earlier but a house is a pretty big deal as far as things to call off yeah and so if he's letting it continue that means he has no intention of calling things off i don't think i mean as someone who literally just bought a house it's a process yeah so we cut to that night uh, when Darcy's calling her and she basically is like, when were you going to tell me you were looking at houses? And she was like, oh, uh, oh, Marcus must have told you. Yeah, we haven't, you know, wait do you see this house. We love it. We haven't decided. And she is then trying to like, so Marcus, like, is he circumcised or whatever? And she, Dex basically says, oh, we haven't decided about the house. I don't know. And then she call Darcy calls Dex on that where she's like, no, you loved the house. We're buying yeah. that house. Like, yeah. Why are you being weird about it? And obviously Rachel understands. And so she just says, yeah, Marcus is circumcised and then hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets a text from Dex that says, can we meet? I need to talk to you. And she just types back, go talk to your new house, which I was just like, yes, bitch. Yeah, get <laughs> it. I love get it. Get it. <laughs> then we get a bachelorette montage because she's still in the wedding. <laughs> Which yeah, she's like, the maid of honor. Maid of dishonor. <laughs> um, actually, Mikey, would you be surprised to learn that that was one of the taglines for this movie? Oh, God. I think it works better. I mean, it's, yeah. it <laughs> isn't, but I thought it would be funny if it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they, the limo for the bachelorette party pulls up out, outside of Rachel's house, and Darcy also gets out, and she's like, we're going to have a sleepover, and they do not invite Claire. And it was really mean because they just leave her alone in that limo. <laughs> And they give her one of the glasses of champagne. She's like, can I go? And they give her a glass of champagne. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go call Mikey and meet better friends. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they they go upstairs. The phone rings and it's Dex and he's downstairs. And he's yeah. like, can I come up? I just want to talk. 
So she lies and says that it's Ethan and basically convinces him not to come upstairs. Well, yeah, because his fiance is in the room. Yeah. In literally the nick of time, because like Darcy runs to the window to look down and thankfully he's standing out of view. Yeah, he's standing like in the doorway where she can't see him because she's too far out. But anyway, so Darcy or Kate Hudson thinks that uh, that John Krasinski and her are boning. Right. So they, for the next like couple minutes, have like a good girlfriend sleepover talk together. And I think the scene only serves to make us feel like she should have some sort of weird extra loyalty to Darcy. It's gonna, it makes us feel bad about what she's doing. But then we also find out that Darcy's been cheating on Dex. Yeah. And the next morning she's like, I'm having mixed thoughts about marrying him. And instead of taking the opportunity to be honest with her, she tells her to marry him. And I just and it's portrayed as like she loves her so much to let her have him. And I'm like, no, love is not letting someone continue in a relationship that is dishonest and harmful to them. Yeah. She should be honest with her. This is her opening to do it. Yeah, it's almost like she's a bad person. Yeah. Just be honest with people about your feelings and all these rom-coms wouldn't happen. Yeah. No. So she gives her a little bit more info about that she cheated on a guy from work. It was just sex. I felt terrible. And then she adds, but Dex hasn't slept with me since before the 4th of July. So like there's some distance there too. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe he's cheating on me. Maybe he's not. I'm, I'm concerned about marrying him. So at this point, I'm like, you have your opening. And it's played like, oh, well, he's being faithful in this weird way to Rachel. But it's what? No, like that's ridiculous. He's still engaged to Kate Hudson. Yeah. I hate this so much. And honestly, we know that they had sex after he and Rachel had sex. Because he did it while she was there at the Hamptons house. Well, the first time, but then not since 4th of July, though. No, I know, but like he was still double dipping for months. Yeah, he he went to Chuck E. Cheese, got enough tickets, and got the fun dip. And he's been dipping in multiple flavors. (laughs) Just walking around town, holding hands with all the dips. Yay. That stick's uncircumcised. (laughs) Anyway, so we cut to back at Shake Shack. Yes. (laughs) Like 80% of the scenes of this movie take place at Shake Shack. Well, anybody who's going to have a normal conversation, they just cut to Shake Shack and the conversation is over. Um, But basically, Ethan is like, do you want me to tell him? Because I want to tell him and everyone just needs to be honest. And she's like, no, 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 I'm bowing out. I'm not involved with it at all. Um, And he basically is like, that's a cop out. Yeah. Because A, you already done did it, bitch. But also, B, you're yielding to her. Like, you had an opening. She has also been cheating. That doesn't make your cheating right, but it means that people need to fucking talk about shit because clearly things aren't going well. Yeah. And then this is where he introduces the idea that she did not actually get into Notre Dame because she had bad grades and she only told her that she did to make her feel bad which is not great when you've got friends that are deliberately trying to make you feel bad or less than so that they can kind of feel good about themselves that's not a good friend no you you should do to a friend like that sleep with her fiance (laughs) no no mikey i hear there's (laughs) definitely vacation specials if you book it right now on airbnb there's great deals in pound town (laughs) 
<laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. It's it'll create the problems. The city is dark and full of secrets. You never know what you find here in Pound Town. <laughs> this is where John Krasinski basically is like he's being a coward. Yeah. And he basically kind of comes after her for her entire like life choices where he's like be late to work quit at least you'd be making a decision you deserve to be happy and instead you're kind of just letting life happen to you he's absolutely right but we cut to the Hamptons again and he's there with them he's kind of making snarky remarks while they're playing badminton on the beach and it, it kind of seems like he's gonna tell everybody what's going on as he should she lied about him she drug him into it yes. yeah and they're they're playing badminton and whoever wins a point, the other side has to tell a secret. Right. In order to get him to not tell her secret, she hits him in the face with a racket. And it's implied that she broke his nose. But I don't know if you guys have played badminton. Those rackets ain't shit. That wouldn't have hurt. Oh, I, I think he just said that because she goes, it's not broken. Yeah. But he basically leaves. This is where he says, I'm the only asshole here who gives a shit about you. And I've been listening to your shit all summer and you're not going to do shit about it. And so yeah. he leaves. But he does all of this in front of Claire. So later at the bar that night, Claire asks Rachel and she just says, he's not really gay, is he? And she says, yeah, Claire, and we're not really having an affair. And Claire just said, I didn't think so. Yeah. But at least I tried. Right? Which is heartbreaking. They are so cruel to her. I hate I hate it so much. It is very sad. Like I feel very bad for Claire. Yeah. And I honestly wanted to be like, mm -hmm. no, you shouldn't have tried so hard. You should have put it out there once if it he didn't reciprocate, bounce. Yeah. We do get like a mini flashback to the night where Darcy and Dex kind of have their meet cute. And it really does kind of seem like she set them up because she leaves them alone. Yes. And so we cut to present day where she basically runs outside in the rain to tell him, I love you, I always have, and I'm telling you now before it's too late. And then he says, I can't, I'm so sorry. This scene drove me insane because she leaves that bar yes. and it's raining outside. She's walking away from the bar in the rain. That's when we get the flashback where it looks like she set up Dex and Darcy, right? Mm -hmm. And then she has this epiphany of like, no, I'm going to stand up for myself and tell him how I feel. Fight for what I want. Exactly. Yeah. So she runs back to the bar in the rain, tells him all of this, and he's like, Nah, you know what? I'm good where I am. Thanks for letting me plow you all summer. Yeah. And then she turns around and walks away in the rain again. I was yeah. like, this is super awful. It is. And then we get a really, really short clip of her looking at the wedding invite back at her apartment. Yeah. And then she just flies to London where Ethan picks her up at the airport and they have this really heart to heart conversation in a hotel room where she's just like, I want to be somebody's first choice. I don't want to have to be vying for this. And he basically is like, well, maybe you are someone's first choice. And then we get a whole long monologue about how he's loved her this entire time, which yeah. comes out of fucking nowhere and doesn't yeah. pay off at all. I hate this part so much and I don't think you need it at all. If you're going to do it out of the blue like this, he could have been like, I've been in London and you are someone's first choice because since I've been gone, I miss I've you. I missed you, you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You could have done it like that and then, you know, you could have had a better moment. Maybe, except that we've done nothing to set it up this entire time. Right. He was fully cool with her bone zoning whoever all summer and didn't seem to really have much of a feeling about it until he's saying he does now. 
And I feel like her and him ending up together is a better ending of like her being with someone who does make her a priority and is involved in her day to day life and isn't hiding her from people. Agreed. But that's not what we get. Nope. We just get this weird conversation where he's like, well, I think you fell in love with somebody else and I think you still are in love with them. I knew I should have gone for Claire, which is ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, it's clearly a joke, but yeah. But essentially, it's implying that she's like, no, she's still in love with Dex. And now she's got to go back and fight for him, which is insane because he has never once fought for her in this movie ever. She already fought for him in the rain. And then he said no. And he said no. Yes. That's why I got the impression that this scene, she was like, well, if I'm not going to be with Dex, I'm at least going to be there for my best friend's wedding. I guess. Or whatever. And it just is not no. a good call. No. no. There's just, there's no way. Okay, let's say that they do get married. It's too, you're in love with it. You can't be friends with them anymore. No, you cannot. Uh, we cut to back in New York where they're having dinner with his parents. And his mom has a flash of like, maybe she's not as happy. But also I'm like, that's a fucking weird thing to put here. That that's the thing that turns the tide for him. That it's like hinging the wedding on his mom's depression, which is fucking strange. Yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah, we cut back to London where John Krasinski has like one more moment with her where he's like, I knew you weren't going to miss that wedding. And she, you know, has to do has to go back. Darcy didn't do anything wrong, but she did because we know she did because she admitted it. Yeah. Um. But this is where she gets this finally honest remark in the movie of I've always thought that she took things from me, but it was me taking things from me. Finally. Yeah. So she goes to the wedding or goes home because she's going to go to the wedding. Yeah. But when she gets home, Dex is waiting for her. And he says, I called your office. I wanted to be here when you got home. And she says, you have to go. I can't do this anymore. She deserves better. So do you. And so do I. So do I. Yeah. And he says, I called off the wedding. I told her I couldn't marry her. And literally a couple hours ago. And he says that she was pretty upset, but more about what other people would think. And she asked if there was someone else. And I said, no, because I'm not sure yet if there still is. So they do go upstairs and he literally has to hide because moments later, Darcy shows up. Dude, when Darcy shows up and there's like that, oh my God, it's Darcy, what do we do? And then like uh, Rachel goes towards the door and then turns around. He's just gone. He vanishes like he's a ninja. Yeah. (laughs) That's because she's not the only one he's doing this to. (laughs) He must have gone to the Michael Randolph School of Ghosting. How quickly he (laughs) poofs out of her life. It was very impressive. Um, But this is also where we find out that Claire told Darcy that she was lying about Ethan and she knows that she was lying about Marcus because she knows that Marcus is uncircumcised and she's been sleeping with Marcus since the 4th of July and just kind of kept sleeping with him. And is potentially pregnant with his kid. Not potentially. No, she yeah, he is. is. Yeah, she is pregnant. And he's outside waiting for her. Right? Yes. <laughs> and we know because she and Dex have not slept together since before the 4th of July, it is Marcus's kid. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. got to be Marcus. It can't be Dex's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to leave and then comes back and she's like, is that Dex's jacket? What's it doing here? And she says, oh, he left it at the restaurant. And she's like, hmm. 
no, because he was wearing it today. Yeah. What's it doing here? Where is he? She should have just said, yeah, he was real sad. He was worried about you. So he came over to see if he could find out where you were. Right. Or something like that. But whatever. Why Why continue lying at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Kate Hudson figures it out. And then we get a whole scene of like, I never wanted to hurt you. You did hurt me. I don't want to hurt. I just, like a lot of okay. blurted <laughs> this lines. This scene was missing one thing. If I was Dex and overheard that she was pregnant, I would have jumped my ass out and been like, I am so glad I called out this wedding. Yeah. Aha. J'accuse. Exactly, though. Yeah. But he stays quiet as a field mouse until she's gone. Because he's a fucking coward. Yes, he is a coward. I think a better scene in this would be all three of them just like sitting down quietly, just being like, so we're all kind of shitty people. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, just just, like maybe just some sitting at the bar at Patty is like, well, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but- the episode is titled The Gang Has a Threesome. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> for anyone at this point to get to get on a high horse and yell at other people is a little bit in my book p- preposterous absolutely yes. and that's why the tagline for this episode should be the gang goes to the hamptons <laughs> 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 but we cut to later she and darcy run into each other and they kind of say sorry not about the cheating but about hurting each other and we get like a weird where she's like, yeah, Notre Dame. And she doesn't call her on not getting in. She's just like, I miss you every day. And I'm like, this is an abusive friendship, I think. And this is where Darcy says, I'm the happiest I've ever been. So whatever I am, though, happy. And we do reveal that she is pregnant and we know it's Marcus's baby. Yeah. And it seems like that's about to be the movie. Except that there's that post-credit scene. Which is... It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. But I have a fun fact that may blow your mind about that. Okay. Well, we'll get there. Okay, so Darcy shows up in London and then chases John Krasinski down the street yelling at him. Yeah, and he runs away. And And that's that's the the movie. movie. Yeah. Todd, do you want to do your fun fact first? So uh, this movie is based on a book Yes Called Something Borrowed It was optioned for a movie They made it a movie There's also a book called Something Blue That continues this story Yeah And the author thought That Something Blue Is going to be made into a movie Okay And everyone involved in the making of this movie Has not confirmed that So there probably isn't going to be a sequel to this movie But I mean it's been nine years I I know Also, this movie's fucking terrible. Yeah, she said that shortly after this movie came out. The author did. But if you're interested to know what happens... Does she end up with Ethan? So the book ends with two years in the future at Ethan and Darcy's wedding day. Rachel and Dex have come with their baby girl and all seems to be better. Darcy and Rachel will never be friends the way they once were, but they're able to move past their old grievances and remember the good times they shared. These books sound terrible. These books are terrible. I would assume in this book, in the Something Borrowed book, Darcy does not just hate Ethan uncontrollably. There has to be a friendship at least. Well, I understand the idea that like there's a weird sexual tension that manifests in sarcasm and insults uh sure but this movie takes it way far darcy and ethan get married 
Yeah. That's nuts. That's nuts. And then I looked up some of the other sequels that follow other people that we like didn't follow in this movie. Oh, I want to see the one about Marcus where he ends up getting busted by Detective Stabler and Benson and goes to jail. I'm going to argue that Marcus becomes a sex cult leader and I am here for that book. <laughs> well, he obviously dies. Are Those twins are his, right? Yeah, They are his. Yeah. yeah, they are his. But he's not in the second book. No, he's too busy running his sex cult. Duh. <laughs> Claire is his okay. devoted follower. Oh, my God. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I, I do. Do you want to know how, <laughs> how much it would cost to spend an entire summer in the Hamptons? Yes, of Probably course I do. Yes. It would cost you about $30,000 a month. What? Wow. Why? But they split it four ways. They're splitting it four ways, but they're splitting like $100,000 four ways. <laughs> well, I mean, they're rich as shit, though. Like, everyone they in this They are rich as <sighs> shit. I hate everyone in this movie, but yeah. Yeah, they, they are lawyers, which means that they are. You know, their their salary is at least oh. in the hundred thousand, if not way more. Sure, but none of that matters. Well, this is still I mean, really like, expensive for a vacation. But yeah, yeah, but Dex's family is gonna buy him a two million dollar house. Like they they crazy rich. Yeah, he yeah. got family money. Like it's not a, it's not a deal. You know. Yeah, Dex's family money. Yeah. Uh, okay. So some other fun facts. Uh, when Marcus and Rachel are sitting on the bench in the park, the woman sitting next to them, and she kind of reacts as he says like vulgar stuff. She can actually be seen reading the sequel, Something Blue, by Emily Griffin. <laughs> and that's because it is Emily Griffin oh on that God. Oh. <laughs> She's reading her own book. That's lame. She's reading her own book. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer from Twilight has done the same in almost every Twilight movie. Yeah. Kate Hudson and Steve Howie, so Darcy and Marcus, played a couple in Bride Wars, which is what I thought we were going to watch. <laughs> oh, it's, he's in it too? He's in it too, yes. Oh my gosh. Hillary Swank was cast as Rachel, but dropped oh, wow. out. Which, oh, I think that's a better choice. Uh, no, I think Hillary Swank would have been terrible in this. I can't see her in this at all. Oh, no, I just meant like it would make more sense about the, I can't believe you're into me. Oh, boo. <laughs> there is a Counting Crows cover song in this movie that Adam Duritz never approved and is really mad about to this day, where he's like, <laughs> you don't get to use my song in this shitty movie. <laughs> um, the wedding invitation says the wedding is at the plaza which by the way just to reserve the actual plaza it's years in advance and it starts around 100 grand so oh. like this wedding is nuts but the plaza is also the same place that kate hudson and anne hathaway's characters try to be married at in bride wars so it's again a weird link to Bride Wars. When Dex shows up on Rachel's doorstep, the delivery truck is blocking her view of him and we only get a half of a shot of a FedEx truck so that the only part that we see is the D-E-X for Dex. Yeah. During the airport scene, one of the greeters is holding a sign for L. Greenfield, which is a reference to Luke Greenfield, the film's director, who directed other such films as let's be cops the neighbors uh, a bunch of episodes of aliens in america and one of my favorite movies the girl next door oh i i was kind of bummed that i was like this dude like he's made a movie that i love and then this um anyway <laughs> swing, swing and a miss. miss um before this movie 
was released, uh, the movie The Wedding Date in 2005 actually was originally called Something Borrowed and had to be changed because the book already existed. And so there was like a dispute um, because they were eventually going to make this into a movie. Right. Peter Fascinelli, who is Carlisle Cullen in Twilight, was originally under consideration for the role of Dex. Oh, really? I, it would not have made a difference for me, to be honest. Oh, no. But Colin Farrell was also considered for Marcus, and that would have made a difference for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, but like, why the hell is anyone paying attention to anyone in this movie that is not Marcus? Like, <laughs> everyone should be fucking Marcus. Um, there are some differences from the book to the movie, where the movie version deletes other girlfriends that they have called Annalise and Hillary. And in the book, Ethan is in London the whole time. So essentially what they did is took those Annalise and Hillary characters and made Ethan cover those. So I was oh. sort of right then about yeah. how they, she needed a, a girlfriend to talk to and they just made him a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is that in the book, she and Dex have sex more than 20 times that she estimates. What? So it's not just the twice that we see in this movie. It's a lot. Okay. Um, now, so the character of Hillary, the one that they get rid of, was another lawyer who works with Rachel at the same law firm. That's why she's always in the office. That's why they always go to lunch together. Yeah. And she is the one who guesses the affair when the roses come. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So that they makes literally sense. did merge her and Ethan into one person. Yeah. But those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. You guys ready for some box office? Sure. I'm ready. All right. So what do you think the budget for this movie was? It came out in 2011. There's not really, like John Krasinski is the most famous person in this movie at the time, I would you know, say. Kate, oh, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, me. man. 2011, this is peak office and Kate Hudson hadn't been in much since Bride Wars. I'm still going to say $30 million. I, I mean, I'm going to say 20. Okay. Uh, the budget for this movie was $35 million. So Mikey was closer. Mm -hmm. Now, this movie came out on May 6th, 2011, and it was fourth at the box office the week it came out. It was beat by Thor, Fast Five, Jumping the Broom, Something Borrowed was number four, and then Rio was number five, topping out the top five that weekend. What do you think Something Borrowed made its first weekend out? I'm going to say around $6 million. Mikey, what do you think? 15 Mikey is closest. It's $13.9 million. Wow. Which is not bad, especially when you're up against Thor and Fast Five. I mean, Thor made yeah. $65 million that weekend. Fast Five was in its second weekend out, and it made $32 million. So it did pretty Fast good. Fast Five is one of the best fives. Oh, man. Uh, you mean one of the best Fast and Furiouses? Yeah. Fast and Furious, excuse me? Yeah, it's great. Okay, so what do you think it went on to make in its domestic box office run. I'm going to say I don't think it made its money back. Otherwise, we would have gotten that sequel. So I'm going to say it made about 20 mil in its domestic run. What do you think, Mikey? $86 million. Oof. Uh, it made $39 million oh. in its domestic run and then made another $26 million in its international box office for a total of $65 million. That's and good, but it's it not is good. a great return on investment. No, it is not. It's decent, yeah. not awesome. Yeah. 
it made another 11 million in the home market performance. So DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it did yeah. fairly well. They made money on it, but not enough for them to be interested in making another horrible movie based on this same intellectual property. I mean, it's no The Proposal. <laughs> So. <laughs> and it did not do nearly as well. I can't imagine why, other than unlikable all characters. <laughs> yeah, but that's box office. Do you think they're still together? Uh, no. I mean, if what happened to me happened to the characters in this movie, they would have broken up two months later. I only say yes because the sequel says they are. Well, yeah, but that's just the book, Mikey. We don't have to go with that. To be honest, the plot of those books sounds like they were written by people who were just putting plot points in a Scrabble shaker and then just like mm, going for it. I think Dex is, uh, you don't really learn a lot about who he is as a person, except that he is terrible. I think he's a manipulative, terrible person. Yeah. So, yeah, they're definitely not together anymore. No, absolutely not. You know, they didn't make the second movie, so that's proof. I'm taking that as proof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would you date them? Absolutely not. <laughs> None of them. No one in no. this film. I don't know. Marcus, though. <laughs> Claire seems super nice. Like, I, I liked Claire. I thought she was great. She seems like a very supportive, loving person. Okay, okay. During the time of the movie or, like, before or after? In law school, I would maybe have dated Dex which is not problematic because you know they were friends or whatever like fine uh not once he's engaged to my friend uh right Marcus is a future cult leader uh but I feel like so he'd be one yes. night one night of fun uh I but <laughs> definitely not a long-term relationship most of the people in this movie are awful maybe Ethan but I don't like the way he treated Claire so if I knew about right. that I'd be real upset maybe if at the end Rachel didn't end up with Dex and she like learned about having self-worth then I think she would be a potential person you could date or before all this happened yeah I don't know so this week Mikey made us watch something borrowed and next week is my pick and I'm picking a movie that you guys have talked about a lot and I've seen but don't hold it in as much reverence as you guys do and that movie is Scott Pilgrim versus, versus the, the world, world. world. Yes. <laughs> It's got everything. Chris Evans, dance moves, songs, video games, action, explosions, problematic love storylines, and cool hair colors. So that's what we're watching for next week. So your homework is to get wine drunk. No, I think you need to get garlic bread drunk and watch Scott Pilgrim vs. Okay. the World. So yeah, get garlic bread drunk and watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Or just have a couple of G&Ts. But then we're going to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I'm so excited. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes. Nice. So, if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star text review, and he'll read it on the podcast. So, Mikey, whose are you reading today? Elliot F.N. Lindsay M. Okay. That sounds like pig Latin, but all right. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh, man, Mikey. What would you do without me? <laughs> The title of their reviews is Can't Get It Enough. <laughs> Can't get it? I see what they did there. Yeah. I came over to this pod from Horror Virgin. Oh, well, thanks for checking it out. And immediately fell in love. I get it. I would walk from one state to another for this podcast <laughs> happily. <laughs> or make Mikey propose to me so I could continue to listen. We're going to make you. We're going to tie you down. That's a proposal I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself laughing at my desk every week and all the ladies in my office go, you're listening to that one rom-com podcast. And she's like, yeah. I find myself <laughs> laughing out loud, crying, and occasionally slightly peeing my pants. Thank you, motherhood. 
and realizing <laughs> I may never find joy in certain rom-coms again. Here's looking at you, pretty woman. Winky face emoji. <laughs> Todd, Mikey, and Paige are the best combination of hilarity and outright cynicism for how romantic comedies have changed our thoughts on love. Five stars. Thank you so much, Elliot FN Lindsay, whatever, however you say that. Yes, you know who you are. Yes. Yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We really appreciate it. If you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a review. It's that easy. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah that's gonna be it for us this week i'm yeah. Paige. i'm mikey and i am todd toodle pip laters babies you're my life now oh my <laughs> it never it never gets comfortable <laughs> I watch you sleep every night. <laughs> what a oh. sick masochistic lion. <laughs> 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 Bye. Bye.